0: And now, coming to you from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting throughout the multiverse, the Nine Realms, Niflheim, Svartalfheim, Olympus, nidavellir basically anywhere that has the internet really, we proudly present Radio 3 Asgard. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 251. We're the Only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin, and we're a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. My name is Tom Harris. I'm your host. Welcome to the show. Before we get started, I just have a couple of quick shout outs here. The newest members of the Facebook group Yes, you thought I'd forgotten all about the Facebook group. A uh, big welcome to uh, Jake Catloth, who uh, joined us on, on Halloween, <laughs> and Julie Gilbert. So welcome along to these two new members. And uh, if you have uh, applied to the Facebook group, you know I, I you know you have have to at least send a request, and I'll usually automatically uh, add you. But If you are a person who has actually uh, sent a request to join the Facebook group and that was not accepted, please send it again. I I do live in fear of missing one. And we did have a couple. Well, they seemed a bit suspicious, so I didn't add them. And because they didn't respond to my emails, uh, they were dropped. But if you actually are real and uh, want to join the Facebook group, you should let me know and I will add you uh, you, sometimes I'll actually shoot you a mail if it, if it looks a little dodgy, um, and then ask you uh, a question you know, about, about the show or uh, about Thor, and, and you know, hopefully i get a response. If I don't get any response at all, then I'm not going to add you. But uh, generally speaking, I'm pretty good at spotting who's a real person and who's not. Uh, anyway, um, so uh, welcome along, and it is getting chilly here in Chicago. Yeah, late fall now, and so we haven't had any snow yet but uh it sure felt like it the other day it felt like it was going to start snowing at any minute with the humidity and the cold but it didn't happen so i guess they had snow in ohio and places like that but nothing here but you know we're we're also chicago it's a heat sink and yeah so and but we're by the lake which helps too all right so we do have some hercules to talk about so let's go ahead and move along to our review Hercules, hero of song and story, Hercules, winner of ancient glory, fighting for the right, fighting with his might, with the strength of ten ordinary men, Hercules, people are safe when near him, Hercules, only the evil fear him, softness in his eyes, iron in his thighs, virtue in his heart, fire in every part of the mighty iron in his thighs indeed and this week we are looking at hercules prince of power number two this is the second limited series to bear the name hercules prince of power cover date on this is april of 1984 cover price was 60 cents cover art is by bob layton and it shows hercules Fencing with well, he's he's squaring off against this dude who it looks like he has red skin and he's got this weird sort of metal Batman-looking helmet and it's I I think the idea is that he's supposed to be sort of Native American-looking but it really doesn't work for me in that in that regard and it's a very busy cover we have a sort of Star Warsian uh, space station and what looks like a Y-wing. Fighter, kind of, kind of coming into a landing. We have a background shot here of the same uh, character uh, with the w- w- who is Red Wolf, as we found out last issue. Um, and uh, he have a ghostly image of him in the background going Argh. And we have uh, a surprised-looking recorder and a dour-looking Skippy the Skrull. And we open up to the splash page where, of course, we have the credits. Bob Layton was the writer and the artist and the inker. Rick Parker was the letterer. Christy Scheel was the colorist. Bob Budiansky was the editor. And Jim Shooter was the editor-in-chief. And the story opens with Hercules Skippy and the recorder flying around in Hercules' chariot drawn by the two white horses, of course. And it looks as though they're being chased by police cars. Well, you know, police, spaceship, flying car, sorts of things. And it says, The planet denisieri is a very civilized world. There are only two things its inhabitants dislike passionately. Troublemakers and scrawls. A few hours ago, the denisierians had their fill of both courtesy of the fleeing trio that fate has brought together this day, an aging scrawl hiding out from his own people and nearly everyone else in the galaxy, an Olympian god looking for adventure in a good time and a Rogelian recorder trying to keep all his nuts and bolts in one piece. And the uh, two spaceships are chasing Hercules' uh, are saying, Hulk, this is the Stratus Patrol. Your uh, vehicle has not received authorization to take off. You will land immediately and surrender. This thing is flying. Hercules, how in the name of Blalock can this thing fly? Says Skippy. Interrogative. Shall I relay to Skippy the will of Zeus routine, sir? And we have the title of the story. Red Wolf Stalks Stars. Not the stars. He stalks stars. Much like, I don't know, Hercules, I guess. Listen, bicep breath. If we don't land this flying wheelbarrow, they're going to blow us out of the sky observation. For once, I am inclined to agree with him, sir. Perhaps we should try to outrun them. Flee? Nay, my friends, the prince of power would not deny our pursuers the honor of receiving the gift of combat. And Hercules leaps out of the chariot at the police car sort of thing, and he lands on top of it, and he's getting ready to smash his way through the roof. Recorder says, statement. Uh Uh-oh, here he goes again. Come back, Herc, says the scroll, And the people inside the car are saying, Hey, Paco, did you just hear something? Yeah, it sounded like a muffled whomp. And Hercules' fist comes crashing through the ceiling of the car, and we see the inside, and we have two kind of Judge dread looking dudes sitting in there. And one of them says, uh, You know, I think this is going to hurt. And Hercules is torn a big hole in the roof, and he says, Good evening, officers. I was wondering if thou wouldst care to step outside. And they're like, whatever you say, pal. And they eject out of the spaceship, and they parachute down. And they're saying, sure, no problem. The other spaceship is still following the chariot, and and the, the uh, recorder and Skippy are realizing they don't have control over this thing. Hercules dropped the reins of the horses, and so it's just kind of flying on autopilot, as it were. I can't believe it. The jerk dropped the reins, says Skippy. Statement. Not to worry. The beast will simply follow Hercules until he returns. They are quite loyal, you know. You don't suppose he's there inside that building, do you? Statement. I hate being wrong. And the uh, <laughs> the horses are heading straight towards a wall uh, because apparently they head for Hercules in a straight line. And they go crashing through the wall with a key and rubble is kind of exploding from the hole. And the horses end up in somebody's bathroom. And it looks like the recorder was thrown through the wall and his legs are sticking out in an amusing way. And he's going... <laughs> And there's a, a woman in the bathtub with a uh, lots of bubbles and a rubber duck. And she's like, eek, what are you doing here? And there's a glubbing noise from inside the, the tub. And it turns out to be Skippy. And he pops up and she says, help, there's a scrawl in my bathtub. Eek. Madam, how do you do? Perhaps we could have dinner later. What you say, babe? And uh, we shift to next door, the apartment next door. And we have a kind of middle-aged, dumpy guy, and he he looks uh, like he just woke up. Ah, jeez. As if Mona's nagging ain't enough to give a headache. Now the neighbor's got to start to party. What I need is two aspirin for me and a small thermonuclear device for... What? And he opens up the medicine cabinet, and there's the uh, recorder's head sticking through the wall there. And the recorder says statement good evening sir if you have a headache i would recommend 200 milligrams of aproline cyclamate and he's like Mona. and we then shift scenes back to hercules who is kind of jumping down from from above and it says in the air above the apartment building the lion of olympus sets the automatic pilot of his appropriated vessel safely sending it away from the city then He jumps down to to where there's this giant hole in the wall. Which makes me wonder why the horses went in there to begin with. Because weren't they following him and he wasn't there? Okay, anyway. To it seem this has not been the most subtle of escapes. Nonetheless, far be it from the son of Zeus to forsake his companions. And we shifted back to the inside of the bathroom. And Skippy's trying to pull the recorder out of the, the hole in the wall. And... The recorder saying, I'm trying, I'm trying, metal mouth. You're stuck in there tighter than a 16-year-old. Stand ye back, scrolls, says Hercules. And he grabs onto uh, the recorder's legs and pulls him out of the hole. I think with a pop. And Skippy says, Now we can get our various colored behinds out of here. All in good time, Skippy, says Hercules. Are ye fit to travel, recorder? Statement, I believe so, sir. It would take more than a little crash landing to get me down. And he apparently uh, falls over with a ker-whump. So I guess uh, that was enough to take him down. And uh, Hercules picks him up. He says, Recorder, are you ill? Conclusion, it would seem the collision knocked my gyros out of alignment. I am afraid I will not be able to continue under my own power, sir. Great, just great, says Skippy. We're going to spend the next hundred years in a slam, thanks to muscle mind here. Recorder, forgive me. I never thought my impulsive behavior would injure thee. That's your problem, says Skippy. You never think. Let's just get out of here, okay? I know a place where we can fix Recky up. And they gather themselves together, and they escape the uh, authorities, apparently. And Hercules and companions launch off into space... And they're heading towards the Star Station Fillord. And it says here, it's a special day aboard this electronic maintenance station. All the crew members of the CyberTech Union Local 27 are gathered in the main docking bay to enthusiastically greet their candidate for union president, Parnal Banak. And so there's a guy, he's wearing a suit, and he's got kind of a flat top haircut. Actually, kind of a guido haircut, kind of slick back, sort of Fonzie kind of thing. And he's uh, all dressed up in a, like an overcoat and a suit. And he's got these guys standing behind him who are dressed like, uh, it looks for all the world, like like Per Degaton or somebody like that. But they're um, kind of weird, funky outfits. And, uh, there's a bunch of workers standing in front. They have signs that say Cybernetic Tech Union wants Banak. uh elect Banach for union president, Cyber Tech Union, and, et cetera. And he's like, greetings, worker brothers for bedrock go get him pb but uh there's some people in the audience who don't like this dude and there's like trouble brewing and uh, one of the workers is uh turns around and he has this reaction uh thinking to himself no not here not him please And uh, Bannock is making a little speech here. Good news, loikers. In my shuttle tour of the various stations, I have met with our union brothers. And I can tell you with confidence that my election to the presidency is assured. And all of a sudden, this guy in the audience uh, starts to glow. And he's like, no. And then nobody understands what's going on. And somebody's like, holy Blalock, what's happening to that guy? He's changing. And he changes, and he changes into the Red Wolf. And now this is the guy we saw on the cover. It has that weird sort of Batman helmet-looking thing. And he's got this sort of staff, uh, like high-tech staff thing in his hand. And he's got uh, Timberwolf from the Legion of Superheroes symbol on his chest. And he says, "Scrawl, we have seen through your disguise. You shall not escape the vengeance of the Red Wolf. And he takes his staff device, and he shoots Bannock, the uh, the Union dude. And he falls over. And you can see that he uh, is changing as he falls. So um, somebody's like, he killed Bannock. Die, Skrull. Somebody grab him. Don't let him get away. So the crowd is going to try to stop him. But he's fighting up against them and throwing them around pretty easily. Stand back, mortals. Our fight is not with you. Holy, he's as strong as 20 men. And then uh, there's some sort of... uh, police or soldiers or whatever and like come on Dubo, somebody's just blasted bannock how in frop did he get past our security screens and the uh, police are kind of coming to to capture red wolf but uh red wolf starts to fly and he's gonna fly away and he says we do not wish to injure innocence we must escape and they're like he's getting away but the police are shooting at him like bow 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 or badow 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 i'm not sure which and he gets shot and he falls to the ground and the uh, police are like we've got him captain i don't get it rm we shoot a guy in a doggy suit flying through the docking bay and when he hits the ground is this stiff what gives so uh so red wolf has actually changed uh, into back to the guy who uh, changed, you know, glowed earlier, changed into Red Wolf. So something weird going on with this Red Wolf dude. Yeah, three direct photon blasts, and he's still breathing. Well, I want to know why he fried Bannock. I think I could help you with that one, Captain. Look, and they point at Bannock, and he has changed back into his scrawl form, and he's very obviously dead. He's got uh, you know holes in his body, and there's like blue blood. "'gushing out onto the ground. "'That wolf guy was right. Panak was a scrawl. "'Why can't anyone be normal around here?' "'And we shift scenes back to Hercules and company. "'And Hercules is talking to Skippy. "'I know I was wrong, Skippy. "'It's just I cannot seem to help myself. "'Tis my nature to seek conflict, "'to bestow the gift of combat upon those fortunate enough "'to confront the son of Zeus.' "'Fooey! That's argle and You know it, pal.' You gotta make some changes. You better start using that space between your ears, or is that just your headband is on too tight? Thy words ring true, Skrull. 'Twas my fault that recorder was injured. I do hereby make a resolution to contain myself and seek reason above all else. Statement Bless you, sir, says the recorder. And we shifcenes and the uh, the three of them have docked at the uh, the uh, space station and hercules is carrying the recorder out no sign of skippy uh, gee i wonder where he is but uh there's a little girl with them so yeah so it's hercules and his little girl and the robot i am seriously worried about thee, scroll of the shapes thou couldst turn into oh come on who's gonna dish out any frob to an eight-year-old little girl let's just get Ted Bridges fixed up speculation he could have turned into a little boy you know and they go to a shop to get the recorder fixed and the, the recorder says statement i believe only a minor adjustment is necessary on my gyros sir and the uh, the mechanic dude is like okay we'll give you the once over your friends can get you in a few hours and then he is thinking to himself say where have i seen these guys before and oh so maybe he was in the first series and the recorder is kind of collapsing over the uh, the counter, and he's like, Statement, hurry back, sir. Fret not, friend recorder. The prince of power shall return for thee shortly. And Skippy is thinking to himself, I wonder if I can talk him out of coming back. Now let us seek out that diversion there be aboard this structure, Skippy. I bet you there ain't that much for an eight-year-old kid. And they are confronted by uh, police-type people with guns. And they're like, hold it right there. It's him. The techno was right. He's the one in the all-points bulletin from Denisieri. Eh? You're under arrest, pal. Just don't try anything funny. And uh, Skippy, uh, he uh, changes shape. And he's like, oh, yeah? You're maternal units. And it seems to the cops as though he's actually disappeared. But indeed, he's turned into some sort of weird, uh, kind of bulbular-looking bug. Uh, she, she just disappeared. And he, he's actually clinging to one of the, the uh, guy's boots and thinking, Hey, hey jerks. The fate smile on thee this day, officers. The light of Olympus is about to bestow upon thee the gift. Have at thee. Ah. And he changes his mind. And he puts his hands up. And he's like, Nay. Hey, Hercules shall stand by his resolution. I will not fight thee. I shall use reason to solve this dispute. If that's the case, I'd plan on being in jail a long time. Come on, buddy. And the police are guiding Hercules' way, and they've got him handcuffed or something, but I doubt that'll stop him. Put him in the holding tank with our other visitor. Yes, sir. And one of the guys is thinking, Why can't we just arrest anyone normal around here? And we then shift scenes again, way shifting scenes, and we are back to halfway around the universe lies a mortal, Mount Olympus, home of the gods. It was from here that Hercules was banished by his father Zeus many years ago. Since that time, it has been a much more peaceful place, usually. And we see that uh, Zeus is going around killing everyone. It says uh, the great hall is quiet save for the sound of the high father's sandaled feet treading softly upon the marble floor. Zeus pauses before the sleep chamber of Dionysus, god of wine and revelry, and he opens the door and he's like, Dionysus is like, My lord, is that you? "I, Dionysus, do not arise, please. Sleep, my son. I have come to show ye the painless pleasure of dreamless sleep. Rest ye, son. For eternity, and Zeus shoots out a uh, red energy bolt with a shark and blasts Dionysus, and we see him going from uh, chamber to chamber, to from god to god. The scene is the same, death, and out in the corridor, there are, you know the gods are kind of fleeing. They know something's going, and uh, there's a some female. She's like Apollo, thou felt it too, I Athena. I do sense terror within these walls. Behold Apollo. uh, There's a purple mist. And of course that's uh, following Zeus around. Come to me, children of Olympus. Embrace me, my children, and ye shall know the ecstasy of oblivion. And he's going around. He's blasting everybody. And it looks like he takes out whatever god this was uh, with with, uh, Athena and Apollo. Oh, it's Hephaestus. Madness. The Father has gone insane. He hath slain Hephaestus just as he did Ares earlier, which is last issue. And we have uh, Apollo, he goes gets outside into the courtyard. He says, I must flee Olympus if I am to survive. I have to find a way to stop Zeus before all is lost. And he takes off like a comet or meteorite. He just goes shooting off into space. And... Uh, Safe for now, apparently. Uh, Zeus is really pissed off about this, and he's all angry and his face is glowing and all the you know, fire and stuff. He cannot escape the final judgment of Zeus, Apollo. Thy godly powers I do hereby bid to return to me, thine and those of all thy kin as well. And so I guess Zeus is absorbing all of the the power of all of the gods, which I guess is something that he can do. And we shift scenes back to the jail cell where Hercules is. Just happens to be the jail cell where the dude who turned into Red Wolf is. And it's the brig of the star station Phialord. And the dude is like, Are you okay? You just screamed in your sleep. Bad dreams, huh? Aye. That must have been all it was, says Hercules. I dreamt of my home and of my father. He He was insane. "'Well, it must have been pretty spooky, pal, "'but you aren't looking as good as when you came in here.' "'What sayest thou? I feel fine.' And he looks in the mirror, and he realizes that he has aged, so there's a lot of white hair now in, in his hair, and he's got, like, white stripes in his hair, which <laughs> it looks very odd and looks very not realistic. "'Great Zeus, I have grown older!' Believe me, buddy, I understand what you're going through. What art thou talking about, says Hercules? When it comes to nightmares following you out of your sleep, you're looking at the champ. Would thou care to explain? You'd better sit down, then. It might take a little time. So we have uh, the story here, uh, and uh, Hercules says, Very well, thou dost have the attention of Hercules. My name was Rojan Smythe. I was an archaeologist by profession, that is, until the day I discovered the planet Talbos. Only in rumors and legends had there been mention of the existence of that world. What I found was a lifeless, burned-out sphere, laid waste by some great catastrophe. There was a measurable amount of radi- there was a measurable amount of residual radiation. I speculated that a great war had been fought on Talbos, and he has like. a... Uh, instruments that he's measuring the stuff on the planet and he's got like a a, it's not i wouldn't call it a y-wing fighter but it's a very star warsian looking w wing fighter uh interestingly enough my theory was confirmed when i discovered the ruins of what was a major city i found the remains of bodies lots of them the inhabitants of the planet were wolf-like in form at least that's what i determined from their skeletal remains i also found other bones scrawl bones Apparently in their quest to conquer worlds, the Skrull Empire had bitten off more than they could chew. The Talbosians had stood their ground and died to the last being. Then I made that most fateful discovery, a temple. And it shows him looking out over this this big giant temple. And it's like just basically kind of a big futuristic looking building. And, And it's got this big entryway that is in the shape of like a wolf head with its mouth open, and the uh, the stairways leading up to the temple actually goes into the wolf's mouth. A temple. There it stood intact, untouched by the devastation. My heart leapt as I ran toward it. I raced up the long stairs and slowly entered the musty interior. I felt cold. I sensed the sensation of being watched, and that I was no longer alone. Then, suddenly, he finds himself standing in front of this... Uh, big statue of a wolf-headed dude and there's a big fire in front of it and it seems like that wouldn't happen suddenly that he would actually see it as he was walking up to it but okay icon the immense representation of their god flames leapt from the brazier in his hands filling the room with acrid fumes and light fear froze me where i stood the fumes became thicker i fell succumbing to the choking dense clouds that enveloped me then a voice and we hear the voice of uh, Red Wolf. Hear us, Ro John Smythe. We are the spirits of the Talbosian race. You shall be our instrument of vengeance. And you see an image of the Red Wolf. He says, a figure folded before me. For 300 years we have waited for a living form for our spirits to enter. We shall not know peace until your mission is accomplished. The destruction of the Skrull Race. You shall become the embodiment of our god, the Red Wolf. And it says, Hours later, I awoke, unsure if I had dreamt the whole thing. Something inside me said to leave the planet while I still could. And that was exactly what I did. And so he gets up and he gets hops into his W-wing fighter. And he goes flying off. But the dream continued to haunt my thoughts. I couldn't seem to forget it. That a few days later, the dream had become... A living nightmare. I was at a refuelling star station. A group of administrators passed by, and I could somehow sense that one of them was actually a scroll. That was when my first transformation occurred. The spirits inside me took control. They murdered the shape changer. The same thing happened again here on this station a few hours ago. I tried to resist the change, but the wolf spirits are too strong. They plan to use me to exterminate the scrolls every last one. So believe me, Hercules, I know about nightmares. The tale is indeed tragic, Smythe. It would seem that neither of us is master of his own fate. I can only assume that what has happened to me is a sign for my father, Zeus. The prince of power must leave this place and return to Olympus. And we have a kind of a meanwhile here, guard stalking through the halls, and, uh, it's actually Skippy. Uh, he's disguised as one of the guards. I know he's gotta be in one of these cell blocks, he says. Ah, oh, there he is. And he stops at the door. Hiya, muscles. Hang on to your moojis and I'll have you out in a sec. Those guards will never know what happened. Huh? Skippy! I... Wait! Act not! Flee! Thou art in the gravest danger! Get thee away! The bro guy starts to collapse... And starts to change, and Skippy's like, "Hey, what's wrong with your friend there? Is he sick or something?" Run, Skippy says Hercules, and in the meantime, he has changed into the red wolf, and he shouts out, "Scrawl!" and he comes for him, and he uh, crashes through the bars of the uh, the cage, would just easily smashes through with a carish, and uh, the guard is well, and Skippy is like. Yikes, where'd this tinhead come from? You cannot escape the retribution of the Red Wolf. And knocks uh, Skippy down pretty easily. Wouldn't you rather play fetch or something, pal? No. Now, shape changer, you will die. And Red Wolf, he goes to, uh, to do the death stroke, try to kill off Skippy. But he's stopped by Hercules. He grabs the, the weapon and he says, I implore thee to stay thy hand smite." Let us use reason to settle this matter, not destruction and wanton violence, my friend. What sayest thou? You dare stay your hand from our just revenge? Well, scroll lover, see if you can reason with this. And Red Wolf whips around and he uses his his uh, staff thing to blast Hercules with a crack, Knocks him through the wall with a big kerwhump. And um, he turns around and Skippy is gone. Uh, so he has uh, shape shifted his way out of there or ran away or something. By the icon, the squirrel has escaped us. No matter, we have his scent. Soon we will have him as well. And Red Wolf goes stalking off and Hercules is, is recovering somewhat. Or, oh, methinks there are serious drawbacks to this new resolution of mine. And I best make haste if I am to save the scroll. And so Hercules comes out, and he's following the trail of, of unconscious guards. And uh, he's like, Thank Zeus the guards are only unconscious. Surely the Red Wolf must be close by. And we see the Red Wolf, and he's looking around for Skippy. And we see Skippy's hiding behind a wall and he's trying to keep quiet. You cannot escape, Skrull. We know you are here. Your time is at hand. And he's thinking to himself, I don't get it. What did I do to tick this guy off so much? And Red Wolf actually reaches through the wall, just kind of smashes through, grabs Skippy around the neck, and he's kind of strangle him with one hand. There is nowhere you can hide, neither in another form nor behind steel walls. And now, Skrull, you die. And there's a voice comes from uh, behind, and he says, I beg thee, desist. And it's Hercules, of course. And Skippy is uh, being strangled still, and he's thinking to himself, I right, know humans don't like scrawls, but this clown is ridiculous. And Red Wolf turns around to face Hercules says, What now, scrawl ever? Need you another warning? Nay, wolf being, I speak now to the one inside thee, Rojan Smythe. Thou must try to regain control of thyself. I, oui, I must. That one hears your words, but to no avail. We shall not depart until the Skrull is dead. Then there is one last thing I would like to impart to thee. And what is that? The gift, says Hercules. And he smashes Red Wolf with a ker Knocks him in his staff line. And the battle is on. The Skrull is under the protection of Hercules. He is not like his kinsmen. His heart is good. It will be still once we have vanquished you. To us, my weapon. And he summons his weapon and it goes flying to his hand and red wolf is using the the staff to try to strangle hercules now you will taste the full power of the red wolf man god and he's trying to strangle him hercules is struggling and um, can't get away so he decides he's going to get away by smashing through the floor and he raises up his foot and he smashes down and uh, the two of them fall through the floor down to the next floor down and they both land with a whump, and then they start fighting again. Stop, fool, says Hercules. Fire not thy weapon here. Tis folly. But Red Wolf is not listening, and he's just trying to uh, kill Hercules at this point. Now, scrawl lover, you shall die. No, you madman. We are in an airlock. <laughs> and Red Wolf is uh, smashed through the uh, the door, and the two of them are now being sucked out into space that uh, Hercules is able to avoid being sucked out because he's Hercules and he's really strong and he's grabbing onto the edges of the door frame but Red Wolf on the other hand is not able to hold on very well he tries to uh, keep himself from falling out by blocking the hole with his staff but uh, doesn't do a lot of good but Hercules decides he's going to save him. So he reaches out and he grabs the staff and he pulls Red Wolf in and uh, they manage to get into the interlock so they're not going to fly out into space anymore. You you saved us, says Red Wolf. We do not understand. Within thee dwells a good man, an innocent soul whose fate is no longer his to control, says Hercules. I understand that too well. Twas him I saved. If ye are honorable spirits... A life ye do owe in return. And interestingly enough, uh, the Red Wolf agrees Perhaps we have forgotten that we were once a noble race. Very good, man god, name your price. And it says uh, Hercules names it. And a short time later, we have Red Wolf confronting the guards in the air, I guess the, the dock. They're guarding Hercules' chariot and horses. And the, the guards are like, uh, It's him, the one in the doggy suit. Ho, oh, guards, the Red Wolf issues a challenge. Let's get him, guys. So they go chasing off after Red Wolf and have distracted the guards from Hercules, Skippy, and the recorder. They're heading off to uh, Hercules' chariot. By Zeus's thunder, he did it. Interrogative, would someone please tell me what has been going on? Shut up, Plate push. Let's just get the blazes out of here. Now that the guards have left, we may depart in peace. An intelligent choice, wouldst thou not say, Skippy? (laughs) Big deal. Interrogative. Sir, are you going to leave that fellow to be captured by those guards? T'was his choice, recorder. I know he will not hurt them. After all, he is an honorable being. So where to now, Herc? There is a mystery abhorning, which the Lion of Olympus must solve, friends. We are going home to Olympus. Next issue, The Deadly Legacy of Captain Marvel. And that is Hercules, Prince of Power number two. And of course, we do have a few things to say about this, and we're going to look at some of the ads as well. But we'll be doing that right after this message. The Fantastic Ass is your guide to the Fantastic Four from the beginning of the Marvel Age of Comics in 1961 onwards. Each week, Steve Lacey and Andy Leland cover every issue, spin-off, guest appearance and cameo, and more. And in 2015, we begin our journey through the decade that tastes forgot, the 1970s. Join us as we take a look at... The departure of Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. The Kree-Skrull War The arrival of Marvel Team-Up Bill Murray as the Human Torch Creators including Roy Thomas, George Perez, Marv Wolfman, Jerry Conway, Rich Buckler and John Byrne And of course, Marvel 2-in-1 All this and more at ffcast.libsyn.com and on iTunes and Stitcher The Fantastic Cast Insert catchy tagline here Wait, what? And we're back. So of course, we do have a few words to say about the issue. Mostly that I'm enjoying it. And it's a big change from covering these more modern issues that are so decompressed. There's a lot going on all the time in this issue. And it's one of those things that I really enjoy about older comics in general. And and it's a f- genuinely funny comic. I mean, there's a lot of clever stuff going on in the issue. Some of the humor, well, it is a little bit dated, and I, I know I probably have complained about that before. Um, again, there's a strong Star Wars influence in the story and in the art, mostly in the art, though. In this issue, um, we yeah you know, we have the, the whole idea of the bad guys wearing white and that kind of thing. Um, So, again, uh, you know, Star Wars is very much felt in this in this issue and especially in the spaceships that have all, you know, how uh, they're not these sleek Star Trek type ships. You know, they're more the knobbly, doobly kind of of ships that you found in Star Wars. But again, it's 1984, so you kind of have to expect that. I mean, I think uh, what Jedi came out in uh, 83. So there you go. Um, so star wars very much on the mind it's interesting in light of what has all gone on in the marvel universe with the skrulls that the skrulls are still seen as this huge threat in the future so apparently you know being pretty much completely destroyed in our time has uh you know has had not that big an effect on them and coming back back you know 300 400 years from now um By and large, I I enjoyed the issue, enjoyed the artwork. I think that Bob McCloud, he's he's one of these artists who just cannot draw children. And I think we had this uh, conversation on the show before when we had his fill-in issue on Thor back during the Simonson run, and he had some some truly grotesque children in in that issue. And the little girl uh, that he draws in this issue, now maybe Skippy the Skrull isn't used to seeing human children, but uh, she's built like a, uh, a linebacker. She's got these really wide shoulders. Uh, she does not look like a, an actual child. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And then John Byrne is another one of those artists who, you know, even though I like a lot of his stuff, he can't draw kids worth a damn. Um, and I know it's hard, you know, there's – there's not a lot of artists who can, and certainly I couldn't. So yeah, so I really don't have a lot much else to say about, about the story or the art. Let's look at some of the ads, because I, I always find that one of the more interesting parts of, of these old comics. And one of the big things that, of course, you notice in a 1984 comic is that all, yeah, about half the ads are for video games. And on the inside front cover, we have the Atari version of Joust. And I seem to recall the Atari version of Joust as being pretty much uh, a complete insult to the player. I mean, the, you know, the, Joust was one of those games that really was sort of cutting edge at the time. And the animation was spectacular. The gameplay was was unique uh, for video games at that time. And I seem to recall this Atari version of being just, just absolute poo. Yeah. Um, We then have uh, a Marvel tryout book ad. Uh, So, yeah, I remember when that was a thing, and I was actually fairly interested still in breaking into the business at that point. Hey, kids, students make big money selling video game cartridges. And, you know, after reading the description of this, it doesn't sound like that bad a deal. I mean, it's not like, you know, selling grit where you have to sell 10 million of them to get, you know, cheap prize. Uh, And this, it's just, uh, yeah, make big money selling video games at wholesale prices and uh you know you you make uh you sell them for less than the stores do i wonder how long that business lasted <laughs> it doesn't sound like that bad of an idea we have the obligatory mile hike comics center spread issue uh all books only 50 cents each um now obviously some of the the higher price items are not listed we have uh Another grit ad. I think this was the very tail end of grit. I, I don't know if grit is still going. It probably is. They probably forced Boy Scouts to sell it or something. And then back in the uh, the back, we have an ad for Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars uh, promo ad. Uh, Mike Zeck uh, illustration of all the superheroes uh, coming out towards the the camera. It's a it's a beautiful poster type illustration. It's too bad that the series was just kind of crap. Um, and on the back inside back cover, we have Masters of the Universe, The Power of He-Man video game. I think we had that last time too. And of course, on the back cover, we have Q-Bert. Yeah, you can get it for the Atari 5200, TI-994A, Atari 400, 800, 600, and XL, Intellivision, Commodore VIC-20, Commodore 64, ColecoVision, and Atari 2600. Yeah, that's Kubert swearing. I don't know it sucks. Anyway, all right. So uh, no hostess ad. I was, I was hoping there would be a hostess ad, but I guess guess that time has passed. All right, so it's time to wrap up the show. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And of course, if you want to contact us, please feel free to do so. You can email the show. No, nobody does. Uh, you can write to radiofreeasgard.gmail.com. You can also find us over on Facebook. Just join us over there and you will find us. All right. And with that, I am back down Mount Olympus, kind of skidding down on my ass to avoid the anger of the All-Father Zeus. Uh, Back to Earth and ancient Greece, apparently. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. You have been listening to Radio Free Asgard, a production of Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The Mighty Thor and all associated characters are mostly copyright Marvel Comics. The stories presented are done so for educational, review, and entertainment purposes only. No ownership is implied. The silly voices, however, well, they're all me. Musical selections from Eden, The Invincible Sword of the Elfsmith, are copyright Mott's Vent and are used with permission. If you like what you've heard on the show, we hope you'll leave us a review on iTunes, tell your friends, or even join our Facebook group. We really love hearing from our listeners, and we appreciate all of your support. Thanks once again very much for listening to Radio Free Asgard.